Well, hey there, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. This is episode three, and I want to introduce you to my beautiful wife, Emily. Hi. We are very busy right now, aren't we? Yes. If people could only see outside of this studio, which is, uh, this is a studio for This Is My Story. Yeah. It's also a shed. It's our office. It's also an office. It's also <laughs> a shed. On the other side of that wall there is a bunch of junk. <laughs> a little behind the scenes. So, you know, if you heard the uh, the first two episodes, the the first one was the origins, a little bit about the, the podcast and the YouTube channel. And uh, we're just thankful that you're all here. Hopefully you're sharing this with your friends and families, uh, anybody that you meet. Um, we're here to point us all to a greater story in our lives, which is the gospel story of Christ. And um, I mentioned my story before, shared a little bit about that. And now I'm excited to bring Emily on here because uh, Emily is an amazing person. Thank you. Even though we have a lot going on right now, literally tomorrow we'll be leaving for a two-month tour, doing an inner city outreach tour with In His Wakes, and we do that for, we've been doing that for... This is our eighth summer. Wow. Eighth summer. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. In fact, we'll probably share some stories uh, along the way on the tour, and um, today we're going to be talking about Emily's testimony, her story. So Emily is... Many people probably watching this know about that, but there's a lot of people who are new here. Emily is, uh, without saying uh, the word, she's a BA, which they, you know, know what that, can I say that on here? <laughs> I don't know. She's a bad mama jama. No, Emily was a professional wakeboarder, was X Game, is X Games gold medalist, um, was sponsored when she was 14 years old. Um, we'll share our marriage story maybe at some point, but I saw her in a magazine. And said I was going to marry her. Yep. Then I stalked her for, no, I didn't actually. Uh, yeah, crazy story. But we met, we've been married for, oh gosh, 18 years. 18 and a few Just months. Just July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Emily and I will share different parts of our story along the way on the show um, with you all. But uh, in the comments sections, as she shares her story, uh, jump in and ask her questions because she'll be back again. Um, if there's something in her story or her life that you resonate with, be sure to let us know. Uh, because our our hope is that we could build a community here where uh, we would all reflect what God is doing in our lives. And um, it would help us to be more courageous about our story and the way we view ourselves and how we view our relationship with God. And um, yeah, before we go, I want to thank our, our show sponsors. We have two amazing sponsors, don't we? Yes, we do. Christian Healthcare Ministries, um, affordable, cost-sharing, community-driven, and biblical. If you guys want to look below, there's a link in this description here to find out more. But we've been with them for a long time, 10 Mm. years. Yeah, over 10 years, I think. 11 years, yeah. What do you love about them most? Um, I mean, on top of them being a Christian organization and your money's going somewhere like towards ministry and helping other believers, I think that, I mean, it's affordable. And I mean, they, when I had knee surgery, they covered like a hundred percent of it, um, on the gold plan. So yeah, I just think that they're a great company and they work really well for us. That's right. I think we went also went with them because they do, uh, pregnancy. Um, so we, Oh yeah, they, yeah, they do, um, prenatal and postnatal care and help with all that. So. Yeah, that's great. So we highly recommend them. Check them out in the link below, or if you're on our website, um, there's a link below. Also, Natural Living, it's spelled N-A-T-U-R-A-L-L Living. 
Um, I've got some of the product from them. They're amazing. We, we love them. So if you're looking to get fit or just even get vitamins and nutri nutrition from them, um, the link below, go check them out. And if you use the code, my story matters and you get 15% off. You're welcome. Yes. All right. So let's dive in, babe. I, I know so much about your story and, um, I'm going to just kind of say, where would you like to start? I mean, how did you, how did you kind of formulate your, your faith in the Lord? And then when, what was kind of that unfolding that allowed your faith to really begin to grow in your relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I think, um, if I was going to start, um, my story, I mean, everyone wants to hear about the professional athlete side of things, but, um, I think growing up in the family, I mean, where you grow up is kind of molds you a lot into who you are. And so my parents, um, they're believers, strong believers, ministry, um, was a part of our lives. My dad would, um, minister at rodeos actually when I was young, but also run a business. And so we would travel to different rodeos. Um, he, was, he also rode bulls, yeah, right? Yeah, he did ride bulls that's at a, one point. That was, before I, was, that was um, before I was born. But a man's man right there, um, riding bulls. Yeah, he's he's always been tough. And actually, I grew up in a tough family. I was the youngest of three siblings. Um, I think everything was a competition in our family from, you know, who could be ready first for school and who would eat their breakfast first to who's going to land the first, you know, flip on a wakeboard between me and my sister. Like there was always competition. So that was part of uh, my life for sure. I think that made me into who I am as far as being an athlete is probably um, that part. But yeah, going back to my faith, I mean, I accepted Christ as a young kid. I was probably five years old, four or five years old, gave my life to the Lord at one of my dad's um, services that he was preaching at. And, um, yeah, I just went to Christian school. I went to church, I went to Sunday school, you know, all of that. So it was very, um, a part of my life. And I, I think I really did develop a love for the Lord at a young age. And I developed, um, the, uh, I think the discipline of learning even how to read my Bible and have a quiet time, which is something I feel like I've carried with me through my, into my adult years as well. That's great. Let me ask you a question real quick. Once you got into wakeboarding, you were a Christian. You made a lot of great friends in wakeboarding. Uh, there were there are girls that you're still close friends with today. And you were making a good living. You were sponsored. Um, you did have a relationship with God. But then there were opportunities where you were invited to do things with your friends. Um, not all of them were believers. And then I remember hearing your story a lot. You would talk about being in the the hotel room after having won a contest and, and gotten paid and then everyone went out to sort of celebrate and, and usually you traveled so you were in a hotel in a different city and there's something that always stands out to me about that part of your testimony that in in really the world's eyes and in any respect you should have been happy and you should have been able to go celebrate with your friends but you'd made a decision to um you know honor god with your life and and you knew that you know, previously you had made some mistakes in your life, you know, you'd drank in underage, you know, you kind of explored some of the things, uh, you know, when you were younger and you were trying to walk with the Lord and you decided not to go out and kind of the party scene a few times. And I just kind of want to touch on that because although many people would see that as like, wow, you're a goody tissues or, oh, you're judging everybody else. Like no one really understands sometimes that the sacrifice that that took for you, that it wasn't um, pride and you weren't judging other people. 
you truly wanted to honor God and it was really rough. Mm -hmm. And so walk us through like, in your decision to honor the Lord in your life, like what that was like in some of those moments and, and how the Lord really has, you know, ministered to you then and, and maybe even now. Yeah. Um, I think that a part of that story of, you know, I think of kind of the responsibility I feel like that I had placed in my life at that time in my, and, and my career. And, um, you know, I had chosen, I had already made a stand for the Lord, like in my faith in front of a lot of, you know, my peers, a lot of people who were not believers. And so I, I felt like this responsibility to the Lord to honor him and to really not be a hypocrite, you know, and I feel like you always hear, a lot of people are like, oh, I, you know, all the Christians are, da, da, da. you know, you, you see people who are like, I'm not being a coming a Christian because Christian people are like this. And so I just never wanted my testimony or my lifestyle to bring someone to a place that was like, you don't live what you're talking, you know? So I think that's one part that kind of kept me on that track. But also, I mean, in those moments, it did feel lonely at times. I, um, but I never felt like an outcast. I think, you know, I feel like when, you know, sometimes you think, oh, if I'm going to make a stand for something like, oh, people won't like me or whatever. And it wasn't mm -hmm. like that. Like, actually, I still had a lot of really good friends and they kind of just knew like, oh, Emily's, you know, she's not going to do that with us, but she's still going to be our friend and hang out with us, you know, outside of the party scene. And so I think that was always cool. And even, you know, I'm still friends with these people to this day, you know, 15, 20 25 years later, like yeah. probably 20 years later. I'm not that old. I think that's a great testimony too, that I don't, I don't really see any of your friends or our friends that, that are in, in that sport that look at us now and, you know, don't have a great relationship and, um, you know, and that's, it's been a long testimony. I think that sometimes is for Christians is to remember that our journey with God is long. It's a long story. Yeah. You know, it's not meant to be lived just today or tomorrow or for a season, but in all seasons. Um, and so to not grow weary, because uh, like you said, you know, uh, I thought it was interesting that Emily had one of her great wakeboard friends uh, from Australia who she hasn't seen for years. Amber Wing, shout out, uh, come into Emily's fifth grade class. She's teaching and um, and just kind of popped in and did an Australian accent for the kids because they were learning about different cultures and and so, yeah, those relationships, um, they start when you're young and, and friendships last and they're forged. And uh, some people are believers and some aren't. But to be a light um, in both, you know, in both groups is is a long story, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's their story that continues on, because even now, I mean, I have relationships with some of these people who will still reach out to me when they're having a hard day or when something yeah. tragic happened in their life. I mean, I'll get a phone call and just be like, Hey, will you pray with me? And this will be like so out of the blue. And so, I mean, I think that's why like your, your life that you're living, it matters now, but it also matters like your story continues on, you know, mm -hmm. and it can make an impact on people's lives more than, you know. So let's talk about after your wakeboarding career. I think, were you in it for 16 or 17 years? Um, yeah, I was professional for 16 years. So, you know, so many times you are defined by what you do for your story. So now that your wakeboarding's over, you know, you're a teacher. It's definitely not as, um, as cool of a, a job, even though you volunteer for it. It's just not as cool as wakeboarding. Um, you know, you don't get a free car. Mm -hmm. You know, those, those kinds of things are happening. But, you know, you... 
you step into new roles of your life. And I know it was hard when you quit wakeboarding. It was, uh, it was a challenging season for us just kind of figuring out. Um, although then you went into American Ninja Warrior, which we didn't even mm-hmm. touch on that. Emily's competed five times on American five Ninja seasons. Warrior. Five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I ask you a question about that, what have you noticed in your story from your relationship with, with the Lord when you were a wakeboarder and that was your identity um, was what you did to now, you know, you are a mom, you are teaching, you did do American Ninja Warrior, but what, what makes your story now? And here's why I'm asking, cause there's probably people listening that, that have never been an athlete and that have never competed on a show. Um, maybe they're not even a parent or maybe they are a parent and, and they're kind of just struggling with like their identity today. You've transitioned from some pretty amazing things to now, um, to help me understand, help them understand like your faith now. Has it grown? Is it changed? Is it shifted? Has it been hard? Yeah. I mean, when you say identity, I mean, like the first thing that comes to my head is like the only identity that I can ever be satisfied in is in Christ. So my faith is ultimately my identity, but I, I feel like it's a journey. I mean, it's been learning that, that, um, making dinner and folding laundry and all these things are just really sexy, (laughs) just (laughs) as important as, you know, standing on the top of a podium. Um, but I think that my faith now, I mean, is it's more important than it was to me then. I mean, my relationship with the Lord is closer now than when I was younger. I, I feel like as I've grown to, I've really learned to hear the voice of the Lord more, you know, and just like recognize like when God is like speaking to me and it's not necessarily, it's not an audible voice. I've never heard God audibly, but you know, through his word through, you know, that soft whisper in your heart or Mm. through another person or a song or, you know, testimony from someone, you know, like there, and I just like recognize the Lord more often where I think, think as I was like more immature, like, you'd kind of just write it off as, oh, that was nothing or, you know, and I feel like now I'm like, oh, wow, God's hand, he's everywhere. Like he's in everything and he's in the dirty diapers and he's in the fifth grade classroom with me and he's in, you know, I was just making my kids dinner 10 minutes ago, you know, like he's, he's in all of that. Yeah. And I I would say it's been a joy for me to watch you navigate from your career and even into Ninja Warrior because that was a a new fun adventure. Um, you know, as it came to close too, I'm just proud of your relationship with the Lord. Um, that it's, it always encourages and challenges me. Um, and so I get to see you, you know, on a weekend week out basis. Um, you know, these guys don't, you know, everyone listening or watching and, you know, you've mentioned hearing the voice of God, uh, coming from a Southern Baptist background, I, I don't, but that kind of language isn't really spoken about a lot. Um, but you, you know, I know hearing from God's word, but I see you and I know that you hear from the Lord and I watch, you know, you be sensitive to that. So if, if someone wanted to do that, what are, what are some like building blocks and just out of your own story, like what do you do to posture yourself consistently to, so that you are receiving that? Mm, I mean, I think for the first thing and, the most important thing is being in the word of God, because if you are think you're hearing from the, the Lord and it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it's not God. So I think that's the number one is just knowing the word, being in the word. And that's one thing, like the competitiveness, that discipline I've had as an athlete, it does roll over, I think, into my 
like my spiritual life, which can sometimes be legalistic too. So I just, I try to always be like, you know, this relational, it's not about like, I don't have to read my Bible every day Mm. to have a relationship with Jesus. But because that's kind of comes natural, I feel like it does draw me in closer to him. So then I think for me too, the thing I've been learning more as I've matured in the Lord is that so often the only time that the enemy like can have any sort of, you know, like control in your life is when you're believing a lie. So I feel like, you know, the word of God is truth. So if there's something that's not lining up with it in my life, then it must be that I'm believing a lie about myself or about someone else. And that's typically. And so I feel like as I'm like learning, like, wow, God, what, what's the truth in this situation? And I'll, you know, sometimes a verse will pop in my head or a song or like, I'll just, you know, sense something in my heart, you know? So it just kind of, um, I don't know. There's not really magic. It's literally just getting in the word of God. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Just spending time in God's word is, uh, is where we understand our story with him. And, and you hit on something with believing a lie, um, versus receiving the truth. So, you know, I would like to consider that more our narrative in our thought life and mm-hmm. in, in our in our conscience. Um, I can't remember how many thoughts it was a day, but it was like thousands and thousands of thoughts a day on average that, that humans have. Mm-hmm. Someone like me with ADHD tendencies, I probably have 20,000 thoughts a day. Um, and so if those thoughts, um, which are my my thought narrative, it's my story. So when we talk about here on story, that there's so much more below the surface of our testimony, um, diving into the the narrative of our thought story. Um, because we tell ourselves stories all the time. My good friend Harris at the Story Conference is is really helping me to understand this more and more as I've been going there and listening to him, that we are constantly telling ourselves stories um, over and over and over all day as we have have thoughts. And so even though we don't think that we're story beings, we constantly deal in that. So when you realize you're having a false belief or you're thinking poorly either about me mm-hmm. or about our kids or about yourself. What is that story process for you? Take me from the moment you really feel that lie uh, about yourself or maybe just mm-hmm. one example. And then what gets you to a bad place where worse things happen and what gets you to the better place where you begin to move out of that mm-hmm. lie and find some freedom and, and believe the truth? Um, okay. So I mean, I can give you an instance, say, um, something recently, you know, feeling of like kind of envy or jealousy about, um, you know, someone else's life. And it, it it was like literally over something really silly, like, um, you know, take for instance, like they didn't have to be packing up all the stuff I was packing up mm. and mm. they didn't have to move out of their house. But, you know, like that it's like sort a of little a, it's thing. not fair. Yeah. Kind, kind of, of like that, but almost like an envious feeling. So that's a feeling that comes in and it can take root and it can kind of make you feel super. So when I start to get those feelings, I, you know, I don't like it. And I, honestly, the quicker I can recognize that it's a lie, the quicker that I can find freedom, the more that I let it sit there, the more it festers, it can grow, it can turn into an attitude towards you, towards the kids, toward, you know, so it can, that one little thing that came in can completely ruin my day. Or 
I say, I stop and I'm like, okay, what's the truth in this situation? Okay. And then I, sometimes it takes me a moment and I'm like, okay, God, what is the truth? And so then I'm like, the truth is I get to go with my family in this RV, travel across the U.S. You know, I'm kind of, and then I find the thankfulness, but I also find the truth is that God has called me and you to this. Like, this is the calling that he's placed on my life. Mm, I like that. So then I see it as like, okay, I have purpose in this. And then, you know, it's, it's almost like a little bit of a pep talk, but sometimes it's literally, it's just calming down and it's like, I love you, Emily, or I see you, Emily. It's like God just speaking like, Mm. oh, God sees me. God sees me in my chaos right now. And I am not alone. And all I do, and then I'm like, God, I repent of those feelings of envy, of feeling sorry for myself and ask you forgive me. And I speak the truth that you are with me in this chaos and that, you know, and so then, and I just, and that's it. And then it's simple and it literally lifts this burden off of mm. me. And that's, I mean, it can do with anything though. And any, any circumstance that like comes at you, that's not of God. Cause anything from God is good. Anything from the enemy is going to feel heavy. It's going to feel weighted and it's going to feel, you know, just dark. Yeah, man, that was so good. So, so good. <clears throat> if you're listening, this is, this is what I would say is inviting Jesus into our story. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did we grow up and we say, well, this is, you know, you got saved, you became a Christian, and then you kind of enter into the other seasons of your life and, and you don't feel really close to God. You feel kind of distant from him. And, and there's not a lot of support in the church or in, in even Christian colleges where you're learning how to involve the Lord in your story, how, how we're two different stories, but when we merge together, like, our lives get transformed. Even our minds and our thoughts and, and our relationships can go from from broken, frustration, bitterness, anger, anger, and resentment. And then what you said, calming down your situation, taking a breath, it is literally saying, not my story anymore. And then turning our attention over to the Lord and, and knowing that he has mm-hmm. something for us. So he has to enter in to our story. What I like about it is you said you say, hey, Lord, I repent. Well, not many people think about repenting of a thought or repenting of this, but that is biblically what we are called to do. That And that's the promise that as we turn, we will have healing as we repent, as we, Lord, forgive me for this. And too many times people think that, repentance and forgiveness is this thing where we have to just, you know, put our tail between our legs with the Lord. Like, no, repentance is is seeing the better, good, healthy, beautiful way forward is through repentance, mm. you know? And it's it's when you calm yourself down, you begin to see a, a better, more biblical, mm-hmm. godly picture of the situation. And then it's like, wow, Lord, I'm sorry. I was ahead of you. I was leading with my flesh. I was frustrated. And- yeah. And I do think like, I mean, there's so much research out there too of like, you know, creating new pathways, neural pathways in your brain. And yeah. like, because often we go to the same rut, <laughs> like, you know, it's either whatever it could be self pity. It could be pride. It could be, you know, whatever, like there's a root thing that's going on typically. And so it comes out in different ways. Like it can come out in anger. It can come out in sadness. It can come out in whatever frustration, but there's a root. So it's like creating a new neural pathway. And it's so cool how there's so much research on that. I mean, I love Dr. Caroline Leaf. Like she oh, talks yeah. about this stuff Good all the time. But she like, even like calming yourself, she's like, stop for a second, take a deep breath. Like, look at the, the trees moving. And in the and she's like, and it's literally like being present for a moment. And then I'll say, so there's so much 
research there that that goes along with the spiritual side of things like that we are literally the way that God created us is so crazy like so yeah. intricate yeah it is all right somebody listening maybe is is uh, encouraged by your faith and your story um, but they're they're not the athlete they're you know they may be a student they could be um, a parent a mom um, in what ways would just encourage them to believe bigger about their story and and to help them flip the script on the way they think about their lives I mean I would say um, yeah that God has a purpose for every single person that is alive so I mean, God doesn't do anything for nothing. Like he doesn't, he doesn't just make you to be like a, just a nobody loser. Like he actually has a purpose and whether you're walking into that purpose or not is, is huge. But even if you're not that he still can use you, you know, and I, I always think about like, Oh, every person in the Bible has a crazy sin story and that, you know, and we all have our, our sin story and our, where we've come from and that we will continue to have mistakes. But um, yeah, that God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life and he wants to use you. And I think every day waking up and being like, God, how can I be used today? Like, what do you want me to do? How can I serve my family better today than I did yesterday? You know, mm. <laughs> how can I make these mashed potatoes with a little more love? <laughs> yes. Yes. When I, when I don't, when I get taken for granted with my cooking, not me, you, <laughs> Emily does the majority of the cooking in our family and is really good. Oh, All thanks. right. So. I'm going to ask you maybe a more personal question about your story. Um, you know, your what's your greatest part of your story, part of who you are as a as a person, a follower of Christ that you you just wish you could be better at, wish you maybe didn't do or you know, you could see the Lord change in your life and you know, it's hard. Mm. I don't know. That's a hard question. I didn't prep you on that. Like, know. what do I want to kind of not do anymore? Or what are you asking? Yeah, me? Just a, a part of you that you that maybe rears its ugly head in your life that you aren't proud of, that you, you know, want to grow in. I mm. mean, I would definitely say for me, I'm um, I can be quick to be angry which is probably a root in pride so if I could work on anything I would definitely want to um yeah just humble myself you know and I think when I realize what Jesus did for me on the cross and all that he paid for my life like I have no place to even stand but in awe of that and so this you know the cross humbles me. And so that's always a good reminder. That's why I have to come back to Jesus every day. And if I wasn't a believer, I'd probably be a lot more difficult of a wife because <laughs> I do read my oh, Bible every day and I'm still not that nice all the time. Well, you know, and, and I asked that question because I, I want us to be vulnerable as we share. On, I mean, on the show, let's you talk know? about how we went to dinner with some friends the other night and they're like, Emily, you're the sweetest person we know. And no. Kevin's like, you're talking about, what are you talking about? <laughs> but you know, and I'm like, it's, it's uh, always like, uh, you know, behind closed doors, people, Oh, you don't know how he was or how it's not that, but it's the reality that we're all broken people. And, and the story of our, our marriage and our relationship, it oftentimes mirrors our individual relationship with the Lord. And, and, you know, we both individually have a responsibility to, you know, seek the Lord and, 
when I'm not doing it well, I'm, I'm really not prepared to love you well or, or deal with your flesh and your problems and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we um, believe a lie about each other, like if I don't believe that, you know, you care for my needs, that until I really see you do that, um, I'm going to withhold my love. And that's wrong. That's just not nice. Very wrong. <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's my way of justifying, you know, my right to be cared for. Mm-hmm. And what I've done is I've sidestepped the, the, the greatest person in my life, Jesus, to fulfill me and to, to build me up and to be a place where I know he cares or I know he sees and I know he mm-hmm. hears and I need to go and kind of be with him so that I then can be an example of God's love to you. Mm-hmm. You know, show up. Jesus says, hey, love your wife as I love the church and gave my life for mm-hmm. the church. Well, that's my desire. Yeah. But it's not always carried out well. And so getting, you know, getting between us, the cool part is that when we calm down in our marriage and then we say, do you want to do a heart to heart and and talk? We've, we basically go through an individual self. I think that's um, a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Self thing. But we, Mm -hmm. we get ready and then we come back and you're right. That might be another. I think we should talk about that sometime. I do think that, you know, Chan Kilgore, pastor Chan, or old pastor a long time ago, but he would talk about how you have these idols in your life. And it's like the idol of comfort, the idol of power, mm. the idol of control, the idol of power. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. I mean, power, comfort, approval. Oh yeah. Control. And so, so many times those things are like, I just want to be comfortable right now. And my children are really not making me comfortable yeah. because now I have to get up yeah. and do something for them or, you know, so I think then, then that's when my fuse can get short and, and then the anger rises. Yeah. So it's not because I'm an angry person. It's because something else is getting, you know, I think that, and so the more self-aware you are actually is probably beneficial because then you can get to that root of it. And then you can kind of be like, no, I'm going to speak the truth into my life at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And the, tr- the truth is the baseline truth is that we were made in the image of God, mm-hmm. that he loves us contra-conditionally, which is not unconditionally. It's in spite of our sin, in spite of not loving him, that he loves us fully. And that he died on the cross. His blood shed on the cross is the sacrifice for our lives, for our sin. That is the promise for a new life. And um, not just a life when we die, the hope of eternity, but today and now and in every relationship, current relationships and past relationships, mm-hmm. And so if you tuned into this one, be sure to leave a comment in there. We love you, Emily, or something like that, that uh, (laughs) you would love to connect with her. If you have a a place in her story that resonated with you, be sure to let us know. And uh, if you have a question, Emily will be coming back on periodically to join me. And um, I'm excited about every time that we get to do that together. So leave a comment if you have a question and we'll address it in another episode. I think we should do the... um, the four idols as well at some point and kind of demonstrate mm-hmm. how that can play out in our lives. You know, yeah. how one, how they headbutt basically. Maybe you should have Chan on. He could probably explain it real good. Yeah. Well, Tim Keller, I think is the one that actually Oh yeah, probably. did that. Oh, maybe I should have Tim Keller on. That would be, talk about that'd that. be cool. So um, looking into the future, guys, we have um, an amazing lineup of guests. The Lord's just been awesome to, uh, to the ministry and connecting us with people. I'm especially looking forward to some of our good friends who we produce films with in the first 10 years of ministry who are athletes 
and um, get to hear more of their story, their relationship with the Lord. All of them are amazing. So we'll be talking to Sean Murray, Bethany Hamilton from Soul Surfer, Andy Finch, who was on Amazing Race, an Olympic snowboarder. And uh, I'm really looking forward to a couple people that are not professional athletes who are dear friends of mine. And um, can't wait to introduce them all to you over the course of time. Uh, one of them is Daryl Strawberry, uh, my kind of idol when I was growing up in baseball. And um, until my dad said I couldn't cheer for him because he was he was having some issues with drugs and, and stuff like that. But he's a believer now. That's awesome. And uh, we met. And so I'm going to have him on the show. You, this guy, he he meet, he sees him in the airport. <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm tell not. I okay. I'm sure you will. But this guy can talk to a wall. Yeah, we. <laughs> our daughter. Our daughter, which we'll tell a story about that. Our daughter, her name is Hope, and and she calls me Mr. Talkie Pants. Uh, it's a gift, though. Yeah, it's a gift. Well, I guess we should wrap this episode up. Um, I'll just uh, let you know. Kind of every episode, as we interview people um, from time to time, I'm going to do a recap and uh, just kind of tell you what I've learned from the person's story and. What I'll recap about your story, babe, is that, you know, even though you grew up in a Christian home, you made your relationship with the Lord your personal story. And there's that transition time, whenever it was, 15, 16, when you wrote that big article and, and a lot of people were aware of your faith, that you decided to make that commitment to the Lord. And I think that just is important for all of us that we're not relying on another person, another friend or a parent or a pastor to feed us, you know, to give us that part of our faith, our relationship with God, but to begin to make that the biggest priority in my life, you know, that I enter into an intimate time with God um, because that's his desire for us is he made us to, to know him and to be known by him. And the other thing that I would wrap up is that Emily's testimony, and we'll dive more into our personal story about this, but the way that you're able to forgive uh, me and, and, and people who offend you or, or when we get into a, an argument or when, when, whenever things are stressful, the way I see you get to a point where you recognize that you're starting to deal with some stress or frustration, and even if you get frustrated to the point where you're angry, you have a, an incredible awareness to repent and just get right with the Lord and then forget about it. Like you forgive and you move on, you apologize, and then it's like new. It's a new life. It's a new relationship. It's reestablished. And Aww. that's amazing. I, I have a, a harder time with that. And so if you're listening... Um, that's part of my uh, testimony of watching Emily's uh, faith, living with her, being in love with her for 18 years. And just, uh, it means a lot to me. So if you're one of those people that's more like me and your story and you, you hold on to things, um, just learn from Emily's story a little bit that you're better <laughs> off, you know, to seek the Lord and let his love cover you so that you can let things go. And uh, I think that's going to be a wrap for this part of our story. And next time we'll see you, we'll be talking a little bit about how we met our marriage maybe one or two more episodes with Emily and I, and then we'll begin introducing you guys to some more stories. You want to see, say goodbye? Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I'll see you soon. All righty, guys. That's it. Have a blessed day.